0: and we are live at the standing room spartans podcast for this week really exciting episode with a ton of stuff to get to which is rare for late june but here we are uh i'm rodden solo here today it's your host kevin parker scott uh was back visiting some family in michigan uh yeah man where where to start We got a few commitments added to the 2022 class. We got uh, a name, image, and likeness program that that began at Michigan State that at least was announced at Michigan State as the NCAA has lost its case in the Supreme Court, uh, allowing basically the door to be open for that. It's not exactly explicitly... Listing any any kind of rules or regulations for that right now. But Michigan State seems to be getting a leg up on that. I expect most schools to be following. So we'll get to all that. And so we got some commitments added to the list here. We've got a new coach, uh, a new staff member, I should say, to talk about plenty to get to and i'm very excited for it before i do i just want to mention if you're not following on twitter make sure you're doing that at standing room msu on twitter scott is at spartan martin 18 on twitter you can follow uh the website standingroomspartans.com on instagram at standing room spartans uh, what else? Uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do with if, if you're on Spotify, just hit the follow button. If you're on Apple, just hit subscribe. I think it is uh, anywhere else that you're listening. We really appreciate the support. Uh, if you could go ahead and leave a review wherever you're listening, that would be awesome. And tell your friends, tell your family. We we appreciate any newcomers to the pod. It's it's Michigan State football all year round. We try our best the whole offseason once a week. We've held to that. We haven't missed an episode so far. I know we both have some conflicting commitments coming up that, that we might get a little dicey one week, but uh, the, the whole offseason, the whole season, uh, once a week during the offseason, twice a week during the season. Uh, for right now we might even be expanding that a little bit Uh, but all year round baby Spartan football so if you know anybody who's into Michigan State football as much as you are because you're listening to this podcast in mid-June let them know Uh, send them a link send them uh, an episode that you really liked send them an episode that you really you know thought we did a good job of breaking something down and and we'd really appreciate that so man where to start uh I I guess maybe we'll go in chronological order here. Uh, Right as we finished the previous episode last week, uh, I think it was the following day, we announced the kicker that was added to the class. And as a former kicker myself, I, I just have tremendous pride in this. Jack Stone, guy from Texas. Uh, five star on Cole's Academy, Kohl's professional camps, which is basically right. If if you're not really into all this stuff as much as I am, because again, I I was a kicker back in my day. I did a couple of these camps. I never was invited to Cole's, unfortunately. I wasn't that good, but uh, this is kind of the the way it goes, right? Twenty four seven is basically useless for kickers. Rivals is useless for kickers. Uh the the way that they do this is based on on these camps. Uh and and that might sound silly because we we look at other positions and we know that a lot of the times what you're doing on the field is a little bit ignored and and the camps way more as far as like a defensive lineman or a linebacker, and you might think like, well, is it really more important that he did this one drill at and one-on-one at, at camp with no pads on, or is it more important of what he did on the field? Well, let's be honest, kicker's a little bit different, right? And, and especially in high school, you're not getting as many opportunities to kick the ball. When you are getting those opportunities, you have the wide field goal posts. You have a lot of different things that are going into it. You, you can, kick off a one inch block in high school, which, you know, I don't, I know you mostly don't care about, but it, it all comes into play. Um, so when you go to these camps and they're really projecting you out to see how you would do in a college setting, kicking right off the ground, not off the tee, um, you get some kind of advanced metrics on kicking power, uh, you get a lot of that kind of stuff. They put you in different situations. They they put you in a lot of situations that you're not going to be really facing in high school. So, Jack Stone, according to Cole's professional camps, he's the number 21 kicker in this class, in the 2022 class from Texas. Uh, the write-up, I'll just read it uh, verbatim. So Stone attended Cole's Texas showdown in May 2021. He has done well at multiple Coles events and showed continued growth in May. Uh Stone showed elite level leg strength on his kickoffs and field goals at these events. Stone has tremendous power in his hips and he was impressive with his ball striking throughout the events. He's a talented young prospect who has the tools to play at the next level. In June of 2020, he scored 24 points on field goals and 108.78 points on kickoffs at the National Scholarship Camp. So again, they they get in different different metrics on um, you know, where these kickoffs are landing, are you placing them right to left? Are you placing them between the numbers and the sideline, you know, where you're supposed to on those side kicks. So there's a lot that goes into it, but basically Coles loves Jack stone. Again, he's a number 21 kicker in the class. And, uh, I think he, he will definitely have himself uh, a shot at early playing time with, uh, the, 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 the roster situation that we're sitting at right now. Um, uh, he might have to be the starter next year. So that's going to be or not next year the in 2022. So that's going to be really interesting. So wanted to hit the kicker first, uh, moving on here. Uh, we had in terms of the commitments, Shannon Blair, defensive back from Tennessee. I was just watching this kid before I started recording. He's got those oily hips, man. And, and so he's, he's a quick turn of direction quick change of direction type of guy at a defensive back. He, he was playing a lot of corner and wide receiver on his tape. I think we're recruiting him as a corner, not as a, a def or as a, as a corner, not as a wide receiver, but he does have some impressive tape at wide receiver. He's got some impressive uh, punt returns, kick returns. So we'll see if he's able to get on the field early use and showcase those kind of skills. But the thing that really stood out to me with Shannon Blair, the new defensive back commitment is, long arms, long legs, man. He's listed at six one right now, but it seems like he's got a little bit of room to grow still. And he's got those long arms and long legs. So uh, as far as the long legs go, right? When he, when he starts striding it out, when he starts getting into full speed, it's really tough to catch him because, you know, he gets those legs moving and, and he's, he's striding it out. Long punt return, long kick return. When he gets into the open field and really gets moving, uh, tough to catch him and and when you translate that to a defensive back right a lot of times we're running four verticals you're you're running a vertical route with that wide receiver and you got to turn and run with him and so when you turn and you really get moving you know you got to keep up with a guy who's you got to remember right the wide receiver's running straight the whole time you, you gotta run backwards and then turn so when you really get striding out you, you got to catch up and make up some ground a lot of cases he he certainly has the ability to do that he's got those long arms man which helps in a couple ways you you get the press coverage you're able to get get up in a guy's face you're able to to put him in conflict at the wide at the uh at the line of scrimmage and really affect him from the start of the route uh, getting your hands on him and then once the ball's in the air it it gives you a little bit more kind of recovery right when you don't have to be in perfect position because when you've got those long arms I, it gives you a little bit more leeway uh to to really make an impact on the ball, to to get your hands up, to, to make a play on the ball. So I really like this kid's tape. Shannon Blair out of Tennessee had a nice little offer list. I, I had it pulled up here. I'm looking for it now, but out of Knoxville, Tennessee, listed at 61170, three star uh according to the 24 7 composite and 24 7 themselves. Couple D1 offers here. I'm seeing Duke, I'm seeing Purdue, I'm seeing Wake Forest, Virginia, uh, and then a couple, uh, group of five teams. So Michigan State, one of the first uh, schools that are after this kid as far as the, the Power Five level. I mean, we'll see, it, you know, with a senior season if he continues to progress as far as the rankings go. But as you guys know, not really too tied up in that kind of stuff. Next up, we got a quarterback. Huh? <laughs> and that's... Uh, that's always exciting when you when you get the quarterback in-house. Caden Hauser uh decommitted from Boise State earlier in the week. Uh the crystal bar, the crystal ball started flying towards Michigan State. And, you know, we all got really excited about it. So Caden Hauser, he announced his uh commitment to Michigan State yesterday as I'm recording this on early Monday morning. Uh they, he announced this on Sunday. And a couple things really stand out here. Uh, as far as watching the tape, he's got a real quick release, and, and the ball just zips off his hand. Man, he, he's a pretty big kid. I uh, listed what is he listed here at six three two hundred. Uh, he looks even a little bit taller than six three two hundred. He's he's probably got some room to put a couple more pounds on for sure. But, yeah, that ball just zips off his hand, man. He's, he's somebody that would really impress in shorts, which I know sounds silly, but, you know, you see that ball pop off his hand for 35, 40, 45 yards down the field, and it's it, it's on a rope, right? There's no arc to it. It just zips through there. Uh, yeah, really quick release. You know, when, when he's when he locks onto his target, it's out of his hand quick, which you love. You know, those are the type of mechanics that are really difficult to teach. So Kaden Hauser the new quarterback commit from California seems to have that already. Um and, and the other thing that you kind of see a little bit on tape it's hard to really catch this if you're not watching the full game if you're not watching you know the all 22 but it seems to be pretty advanced in making reads if if you really you have to watch their eyes and you have to watch their helmet move, right? When you're getting this full zoomed out, look, it's really tough to read, but you can see the little glances, the little movements in his head to tell you, okay, he was looking at that wide receiver on the left side. He sees that he's covered. He's moving over to the right. He's moving over to the right. There were a couple plays on his tape where you saw him move to the second, third read, even, you know, move around in the pocket, you get avoid the rushers and, and move on to the second read, move on to the third read, and then fire one downfield. You saw that quite a bit. The thing is here, he's he's not super athletic, um, which can be good and bad. I, I think you know, we we would of course all love a dual threat quarterback. And you know, I've talked about this when we talk about like Anthony Rousseau versus Peyton Thorne you always love to have that running threat, but there is something to be said about the guy who's not looking to run. Who's, who's looking to, you know, he has just enough athleticism to get out of the pocket when he needs to, to avoid a rusher when he needs to, but he's always keeping his eyes downfield. And so you're, when you're that dual threat guy, that's not a Lamar Jackson. That's not, you know, an elite, elite level athlete, like a Peyton Thorne, right? You, you can, Move off of your read, you can get out of the pocket and you can scramble for that first down, which is great. But that might be six, seven, eight yards when you get a guy like katon Hauser, who's not really looking to run. You know, he gets out of the pocket, he keeps his eyes downfield, he allows his receivers even more and more time to get open. Well, he might give you a 35, 50 yard strike downfield. And that can be the difference between some of these guys. You know, we think about the big play threats with your legs. Well, Realistically, there's only a couple quarterbacks in the country who can do that. And so when you get a guy who can keep just allow his receivers more and more and more time to uncover, eventually somebody's gonna get open. And when you're the type of guy who just you're not really looking to run, you're just keeping your eyes downfield, staying behind the line of scrimmage, keep your eyes downfield, waiting, 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 and then you fire, that can turn into a 50, 60 yard play real quick. So I really liked that out of Caden Hauser's game. I, I think there's a really a lot to like here. The the kind of MO on him, I was I was reading a bit. There's he's a four star listed on 24-7. He's a high three star in their composite. Basically, the thing is here, he missed his entire sophomore season due to injury. And then obviously last year was was a mess with the COVID stuff. So he really just hasn't had a whole lot of exposure. Uh he, He's been attending some of these Elite 11 stuff, so that's kind of where he's started to get a bit more buzz. But just really a lack of exposure more than anything has, has kind of been to his detriment. He's out of St. John Bosco, which is an absolute powerhouse program out in California. So it is still a bit surprising, even with the circumstances that he hasn't gotten as many looks as you would think. From a quarterback coming from that type of school, but yeah, really, really exciting tape. Really a guy that I think is a fundamental player in this class. Somebody that I think the the offensive staff and Jay Johnson really targeted from an early stage and and he was their guy. It really seems like that was the case. That he you know, was kind of priority number one, and when he was committed to Boise State, they never stopped. They, you know, they, this mantra of recruiting every day certainly holds true with Caden Hauser, and and they just continued to stay after him, continued to contact, continued to try to get him out to East Lansing, and once he did, uh, the the case was closed, and Caden Hauser now at Michigan State, twelve commitments in this class uh, in total. We have commitments from all over the place which we'll talk about in a second kind of a philosophy thing but brings us to the number 27 ranked class in the country according to the 24/7 composite puts us right behind Virginia Tech Oregon Arkansas Missouri all right around that that area um, UCLA Oklahoma State Minnesota all very close together as my dog drops a bone right next to me Uh, and right behind Michigan State you're looking at the likes of NC State Cincinnati Maryland North Carolina or South Carolina Northwestern North Carolina Georgia Tech Cal Indiana so uh, putting us in a pretty good position here we you know we're, we're still very early in this class with just 12 commitments probably about half of the class that we're going to be looking to fill out but a lot of guys that i think we've already seen you know as far as the you know the 24 7 rankings right there's a couple of these guys that we've already seen bumped up and bumped up and bumped up gavin brocious is one i know as he started to go to some of these camps his ranking has bumped up a little bit bumped up a little bit more. So. I I think you're going to see that with a few of these guys. I think there's a few guys who kind of are what they are, but uh, I I think it's an exciting class so far. And to continue this kind of trend, talking about recruiting, there was a huge, huge hiring on the staff, which we'll get to here. Thomas Wilcher out of Cast Tech, the former head coach at Cast Tech, who... I played against in high school in a state championship back in 2012. And yeah, let's just say it didn't go well for me. So he was the, yeah, the head coach at Castak. Tech. We, we played them back in 2012. I think the final score is 49-13. Uh, but just one of those coaches you could even see from the sideline that the team just loved playing for the guy. I remember seeing that they – so obviously the state championship games in Michigan, they're played at Ford Field – Castec, not too far away. They walked to the stadium. You know, they had a little, they admit not a parade, but they they had a little crowd following around Coach Wilcher up front. Um, it, it was a pretty cool sight, man, even for the guys that that we knew were going up against them. Um, it, it was pretty cool to see. He just is somebody that loves the city of Detroit. He's somebody who really cares about the athletes, the young athletes from that area. And this is this can't be understated. I mentioned this on Twitter. Like we can't overlook how huge this hiring is. Thomas Wilcher, on top of you know, won three state championships, coached a ton of Power Five kids, eight NFL draft picks from Cast Tech while he was there. That stuff, unbelievable. He played football for the University of Michigan. And for us to pull him, and I know Ann Arbor was going after him for years. So for him to turn down that job at at the University of Michigan, and for him to to trust Mel Tucker enough to to really hop on board with this thing, is impressive. Uh, I, I think this goes a long way towards just rebuilding some of these bridges in Detroit, which were. Unfortunately, burned for one reason or another under Dan, under D'Antonio. You know, we can get into the reasons that I, I think there's a lot of nuance there. There's a lot that we really don't know. There's a lot that I, I think is misunderstood on both sides of the stories. However, you want to say it, the reality is that ridges were burned in the state of Michigan and especially in Metro Detroit where most of the the talent in the state of Michigan is coming from so to get Thomas Wilcher is huge in rebuilding that obviously the the Curtis Blackwell thing has loomed over this program for a few years now I, I was reading an article on the athletic by Colton Pouncy, who always does a good job if if you don't subscribe to the athletic I highly recommend it um there in the past two recruiting cycles, Michigan State has landed one total player ranked in the top 15 prospects in Michigan. So 30 out of 30 kids uh, the top 15 in each class of the last two years, we got one of them. that can't happen. That cannot happen as one of the two premier programs in the state, you can't be doing that and so getting Thomas Wilcher, on staff is going to be huge in terms of, of just he has relationships with those coaches in Detroit. He has obviously a relationship with cast tech who's producing a lot of those talented kids, but yeah, to just kind of rebuild those bridges that were burned from Curtis Blackwell. And it seems like I, I know uh, Mel Tucker was at a camp with uh, Blackwell up at Ferris state So it seems like we're at least trying to rekindle that flame a little bit, at least get back in his good graces, um, because he, he is an important figure in, in the state of Michigan, as far as recruiting, there are a lot of kids that do trust him and that do, you know, kind of follow him. So it is important. I, you know, it's, it's not like he's, you know, the, the gatekeeper for the state of Michigan or anything, but it the more relationships you have in the state that you are coaching the better that's just the simple reality of it the more coaches you know the more coaches that trust you the more coaches that you have a good relationship with whether that's a high school coach at a good program whether that's a, a high school coach that helps out with some of these camps whether that's just a, you know a guy who runs some of these camps like a like a Curtis Blackwell um, it, the more relationships, the better. And I think Mel Tucker absolutely realizes this and is, is going to go after this type of guy who know who he knows is going to help him in recruiting, which is something that obviously Mel Tucker takes extremely seriously. Um, that kind of spins because you know, the last thing we'll talk about is this NIL stuff. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, I was starting to look at this because of the Thomas Wilcher hire in the state of michigan right you look at our our 2022 class so far you have a commitment from california from georgia from georgia from arizona from colorado another one from georgia another one from tennessee from arizona again from texas from florida and two guys from michigan So, about 12 commitments you got two from michigan back in the 2021 class the previous Uh, class under Mel Tucker and this staff. We have... So Can I sort this by state? This is 24-7. Come on, get your... You know what, together. We got one, uh, Ethan Boyd. We got two, Tyson Watson. We got three, Derek Harmon. We got four, Davion Prim. And that's it. Four out of the 19 were from the state of Michigan and I'm not saying that your class has to be all Michigan guys or it has to be no Michigan guys or that one system is better than the other or worse than the other but at the end of the day I I love the national approach that Michigan State has started taking under Mel Tucker I love that we're pulling kids consistently out of recruiting hotbeds like Arizona like Georgia like Florida like California now I love it we still got a wall off the state of Michigan, man. That's that's still super important, and we still get a, a ton of talent from this state. So, you know, it's kind of a philosophy thing, right? You only have it's resource allocation at the end of the day. You only have so many resources. You only have so many members on your staff. You only have so much money to allocate to them traveling to to visit recruits. You only have so much time to watch film and and to get guys in the building. You only have so many guys that you can bring into the building on official visits and and all of that kind of stuff. And so where are you going to allocate your resources? Are you going to focus on walling off the state of Michigan and the Midwest or are you going to expand? And the thing is, you know, you can say, well, you have to go national because, you know, that's what all the big programs do. True. True. But let's look at Ohio State. They have the number one class in the country in 2022 right now. They are just blowing the doors off of everybody, to be honest. I mean, they got like four or five stars. Everybody else is a four star. It's sick. So they have 14 commitments. Uh, they have one C.J. Hicks. He's a five star from Ohio. Gabe Powers, high four star linebacker, number 38 player in the country from Ohio. Jari Brown, number 120 player in the country, cornerback from Ohio. You have, oh, Jesus, Tegra Shabola, offensive tackle, number 185 in the country from Ohio. Uh, They got, there's a Tennessee kid in there. There's an Illinois kid, Kalen Brown, number 60 player in the country. So they're going national, but they are every four or five-star kid from Ohio you're going to have to turn them down for them to not go to Ohio state. And I know this is Ohio state. They're on a different level than us, but, but that's the goal, right? When you're bringing in a Mel Tucker, you're paying him a ton of money. Your goal is to become Ohio state. Now, whether that's reasonable or not, whether that's realistic or not, is a totally different story, but your goal should be to be Ohio state. And that's their formulas. Yeah. We, we can go national because we have the brand, But their focal point, their blueprint is still we're going to get all of the best players from our region and then everywhere else, everyone else that we can get from other places. That's great. But our region, right? Like, let's go back to the 2021 class for Ohio State, number two class in the country. Of their top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So I mean, let's just look at all their players, man. I mean, you got Ohio, Tennessee, Ohio, Missouri, uh, Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and then Virginia. And then you got a couple, you got a Washington in there. You got a Let's see. You got a Arizona and Arizona in there. You got a Colorado in there. You got a Texas in there. You got a Georgia in there, but that's it. And there's no Florida. There's no California. It's all primarily kids from their region. And then a couple sprinkled in around the country. So I think that's the blueprint, man. And and this national recruiting is great. I love that. We're plucking kids from Georgia and, and Arizona and, and ten and uh, Colorado, California. I love that, but for that to be the blueprint of your recruiting is tough. It takes a huge brand. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of resources. It, it takes a great reputation. It takes a lot of relationships. It's really difficult to to make the blueprint of your class national. And as of right now, because of some bridges that were burned in the state of Michigan, that's kind of what we have to do. And so to get a Thomas Wilcher again, I it's just so important to bring back some momentum in the state of Michigan and and give us the ability to start local and then expand nationally and and pluck guys to to sprinkle in to fill in the cracks the the optimal recruiting recruiting class is getting of of all the best players in the state of michigan right we we know that some are going to go to michigan we know that some are going to go to ohio state even or penn state but you should focus on the best players in the state of michigan and then when those don't work you should go to the best players in ohio and then if those don't work, you go to the best players in Chicago and Pennsylvania because those are easy to get to. It's You don't have to spend a lot of resources. You can make a drive to, to, to most of these places. You can do it in a day, right? Then when those guys don't work out, then we start looking at, all right, what guys do we have in Arizona? We got some relationships. Let's talk to the coaches over there. Um, who who do they have their eyes on let's go over let's go down to Georgia we got some guys down there we we got some recruiters with with some connections down there let's see who we who might be realistic for us down in Georgia or Florida or wherever but it's got to start local and we haven't been able to do that recently and I think that's a huge reason why you know some of our classes have started to take a hit so getting back in the state of Michigan is going to be super important Again, you, you know, you've got Tyrell Henry from Roseville, you've got Ashton Lepo from Grand Haven, but you know, we're gonna have to start really attacking Metro Detroit again if if we're gonna get back competing in the Big Ten East like we all want to. Last thing here, let's get to this NIL stuff. So this one's big, obviously, not only just for football, but for Michigan State Athletics as a whole. And it was a program that was rolled out earlier this week, this evergreen. Program and we'll just hit the big stuff that I think is important because I think realistically every school is going to have this. I I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that this is going to be unique to Michigan State, but it is super important. It is super impactful, and and I think Michigan State did a good job of rolling this out early, giving a pretty clear picture of what it's going to look like and and how it's going to affect and and help our student athletes. So, you know, it's built on the four pillars of brand, empower, educate, and innovate. Um, uh, I mean, basically, right. It's, it's allowing kids to, it's, it's giving you the ability to help have somebody to help you in building your brand on social media in, you know, going out and, and making relationships with local business owners, whatever the case may be, where you're able to, to use this name, image, and likeness to your favor to your aid however you want to describe it right there was a couple partnerships that that are super important anomaly sports group team altimus um that i think this is going to be the really important part because and this is kind of where i'll focus because i think the the worry for me when we started talking about nil and i've been supporting nil for forever I, i think it's absolutely idiotic that people haven't been able to make money off of their own name. Uh, it, it, that's just unbelievable incompetence by the NCAA for years. Um, But here's, here's where the worry point was, was okay. I, I want this to happen, but there's pros and cons to everything. And one thing I was worried about is, is student athletes getting taken advantage of by you know, some company who promises to pay them for an appearance and then screws them out of the deal, right? That's stuff that happens all the time in the real world. And it would happen even more to college kids who don't know any better. So this is where it's really important to get these partnerships with groups who will help them in the business side of it. You know, maybe there's a situation where they're taking a cut, but it's at least somebody who's who's vetted by Michigan State who's vetted by the university, who we know that aren't going to screw these kids over. right? Maybe they take a cut, but that's part of business and that's just professional. And as long as you're doing that in a professional way and not screwing them out of a deal, not screwing them out of a contract, not writing some, some fine print where it ends up being you thought it was 5%, you thought it was 10%, but it, it turns out to something else. Having People that we can trust, that we can trust to be able to help these kids navigate those business elements that are are now in play that have never been in play before, I think is huge. So there's a lot of, of jargon in here about, you know, optimizing your brand and and all of that. But I, I think that was the most important thing for me to came out to come out of this is immediately showing that hey, we're we're gonna help you. And we're going to give you the resources. We're going to give you that financial help to make sure that you're not getting screwed out of something here. So that's awesome. Uh, You know, round of applause for Michigan State and Bill Beekman for putting this all together really quickly. uh, I think is the important part here. Again, this isn't going to be exclusive to Michigan State. Every school is going to have something very similar to this, but. You know, I think it is it is pretty impactful that we're doing it this early, that we're getting right on board with it right as the NCAA lost the court case, which is awesome. But that's it for today. Like I said, packed show, man, we we had a lot of commitments. I wish Scott were here to chat with me about it, but um, you're only getting one side of the horse's mouth here. I don't know if that's a real expression, but it is now because I said it. So hope everybody has a great Monday. Hope everybody has a great week. Um, you know, let's, let's keep this momentum rolling. I have seen some rumors on Twitter about even more recruiting momentum. So maybe this time next week, we'll even have a couple more commitments to, to talk about. So it's really exciting. Uh, we'll start getting into some kind of preview content pretty soon here. I'm doing the countdown on Twitter. Uh, yesterday was where, where's my profile here? Yesterday, Sunday was Joe Tate days away from msu football which was 68 i believe yes so today as you're listening on monday 67 days i think that's a joel treadwell um or or maybe a joel foreman a blake treadwell joel joel foreman mixing up my offensive lineman from the mid to late 2000s there um i think this is a joel foreman day and i have a great picture of joel foreman so i i think uh that's the direction we're gonna go here but Until next week, hope everybody has a phenomenal week. Great Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Go green, go white. Take care, folks.